The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. All right, all right, all right. Good evening, everybody. It is about 5.34 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, February 17th. I hope everyone's having a good weekend. Just quickly going over the Saturday morning and afternoon slates, we had an LCK, two LCK matches and an LEC playoff match between MAD and BDS. That was a lot more interesting than I thought. Um, you know, let's just start there. So obviously we had the substitution with Gen X stepping in for Adam, who was out for this kind of last minute. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I thought this was just absolute doom for BDS. And the way this series started with two dominant Mad Lions victories to start the series off, uh, maybe not dominant, they were pretty decisive wins in games one and two. This was looking well on its way to a 3-0, and... Mad Lions dropped the third game off of a just a ridiculous Ezreal game from Ice. And um, they couldn't beat Mountain Soul with the, the specific composition they had. They had kind of like a really bursty composition set up. Uh, Gen X busted out the top Lee Sin, which was kind of cool. And um, they just had a really, really hard time ever killing anybody. So that plus Mountain Soul. Uh, it, was a, it was a three stack Mountain, Mountain Soul that BDS had. So they had, it was just an insane amount of, you know, resistances. And then BDS, like, it was weird. BDS in game four had like a really strong start, uh, kind of threw it away and then got it back after a Baron play and won the game off the Baron. Not like immediately after, but effectively, you know, closed the gap and turned the corner and um, took advantage of their scaling. Another good game from Gen X, by the way. He had the uh, top the top lane Gragas, AP Gragas in this one. Um, Gen X did a great job filling in. All things considered, this was a nightmarish situation, and he was very, very good in this series. He was good. Ice was good. I thought Nuke kind of had like a an off series. Um, it was it was a weird one, man. I so this went to five, and we ended up. Like game five, game five was pretty decisive in favor of Mad Lions. It took a little bit for them to get going, but they were in full control of that game most of the time. So, yeah, it, kind of a little bit of a bad beat. I don't want to say a bad beat, but it was like they started up 2-0. This was looking well on its way to a 3-0. It would have been a very, very nice win for us, but we ended up losing like half a unit on this match because they couldn't get the uh, minus 1.5 home, and we only got the money line, which you know covered losses on this. It was It was looking a little bit hairy there for a second, but... Yeah, honestly, I was impressed with BDS. Um, I think if Nuke probably had a better series, or they had, I didn't hate their drafts either. They had, a, they were fine. I think they just got outplayed. Mid were really, really good. Um, that was all there was to it. I just, it sucks they dropped those two games, but you know, is what it is. Looking back on the LCK, uh, so normally, normally when I do these recaps, I like I pull my notes up, but we had a storm overnight. Uh, like after I watched the first um, three out of the four games in the LCK slate and I had my notes written up on on a like a tab here and just didn't save it so I so the power went out when I was asleep I woke up and I had to recap and I lost all my notes so I'm kind of just like going over um, looking through GOL 
Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot to say about this LCK LCK slate. Both the favorites won. D plus Kia just absolutely shit stomped DRX. It was good to see them get off the schneid. They needed a win like that badly because they've been struggling. You know, I I kind of had a lot. I had a lot of faith that this team is just way way better than their record. They kind of remind me a little bit of like the Buffalo Bills in the NFL this year. Maybe not. They might not be that good, but just a team that could not catch a break in terms of like how their schedule laid out and what they were doing. But you know what? They came out and they shit stomped a bad team, and that's exactly what you wanted to see. Genji versus Hanwha. Uh, Genji completely dominated game one, just blew it open in like the first five minutes. This game was like over um, after. Yeah, after Doran just got completely shut out of the game, it became. I mean, they they had a, a decent five man dog pile top. Hama did to try to punch back, but as soon as they didn't get anything off that, that shit was over. And then game two was another. Like game two was a little more even, but Keen just got way way too big, and again Doran taken out of the game. Um, yeah, Genji looked good. Uh, Hamwa just. They're not frauds, but they are who we thought they were. They're exactly this team. Like the, When they roll over and they just hope the other team – the way this team plays, they just hope the other team makes a mistake. And if the good teams play against them or if, even if a mid-table team plays against them and then just doesn't fuck up, you beat them. They don't do anything proactive. They just stand around and they wait for you to screw up. And that's not a good game plan. I hate this coaching staff so much because this team is – so ridiculously talented. This roster is stacked, and this coaching staff is just wasting them. It's so frustrating. We ended up plus 0.283 units on the day um, because of that mad situation. That was such a brutal – I can't believe they let that go to five games. But anyway, moving on to the slate for today – or tomorrow, rather. The LPL is back from break, from the Lunar New Year break. We have a five-match slate in the LCK and LPL for Sunday morning. Um, just a friendly reminder that there is a dynamic coming off of breaks there where you typically don't want to be laying big chalk with the favorites because you just don't know how teams are going to look coming out of the break. Sometimes they're a little bit rusty. Sometimes they look refreshed and even better, but a lot of the times it's a little bit off in the first match back from a break so just keep that in mind before you go laying any huge chalk on huge favorites here we're going to start with the lck we're not on break but i just wanted to mention that before i forget about it uh the first match in the lck tomorrow is t1 minus three uh thirteen thirty six on the money line i want to say thirteen thirty seven elite uh minus 1.5 is at minus 299 against fearx plus 803 on the money line plus 1.5 at plus 235 uh, 1.5 at 20 to 1 or a little more than 20 to 1 um T1 are a wagon. Team is ridiculous, and they're in really good form right now. The the entire game of League of Legends in the current iteration of it is about bot lane priority. You could argue that it's always been, but right now especially, like everyone is playing that way, and Karia and Gumiusi just have all the answers. Like They have all the answers in draft. They know how to play every matchup better than everybody else does. Uh, like Until the meta changes or t or somebody shows you that they've kind of got a read on how Karia wants to counterpick and that they have a solution to what they're doing, I, th I think you just don't want to get in the way of T1. This team's an absolute monster of a team at the current point in time. Um, I So I played... I'm overpaying for it big time. My model made is like literally half the price. Not literally in terms of like the actual implied win probability, but the actual American odds price. Um, model made this minus 152 for the sweep. I, I laid minus 299. I staked down because I know I'm overpaying. I really 
don't like to make a habit of this, but I think there's a big enough quality difference here that I think T1 are just – And if, if T1 were looking a little less in form than they are currently, then I would think otherwise and probably just pass here. But I think, you know, take the low-hanging fruit even if you have to overpay for it. So I only played that for half a unit, half stake. I also played the kill total overs in this match, map 1 and map 2 over 24.5 kills at plus 121 and plus 118 for one unit each. Um, I just think this kill total is way too low. I know the, the projection, like my, my model blended projection came out to like 23.7 on this, and the price is at 23.5, which is like strictly looking at the projection, not a play, but then you kind of look at the frequency at which these two teams eclipse that total and totals above it and below it, and just stylistically the way these two teams play you know t1 are very very confident they're willing to let carrier play damage dealers they're going to take trades they're they are feeling themselves right now so they're going to be playing super aggressive and fear x you know while they sometimes just get really stomped in games fear x are a team that will punch back like they're not going to roll over and die their last series was kind of an anomaly it was really really bizarre with, with them and kwangdong on friday um just a super low scoring match. I don't think I, I think they go back to what they've been for most of the season, which is like a scrappy fight you team, the team that's willing to trade up. Uh they they play almost like a European team. And I just think that combination of two things with especially with like T one in form right now and really feeling themselves on some of this stuff, there's a chance T one kind of just blow this open and stomp it like seventeen to two, like we saw D plus and DRX today. But I think I think Fear X are quite a bit better than the Dumpster Fire tier teams, and I think they could be a little bit chippy in this. So I like the kill total over. Next up, we have Nongshim Red Force minus one seventy on the money line, minus one point five maps at plus one eighty three. The plus one point five is at minus four eighty eight against OK Brion Savings, plus one forty on the money event, uh, money line, plus one point five maps at minus two twenty seven, minus one point five at plus three sixty. This is the first time that Nongshim have been favored this season. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. They are one of the dumpster fire teams, but they are playing against another one of the dumpster fire teams here. So I think you have to look at what we saw in the last match for these two teams uh, more. Obviously, Nongshim had a much more difficult opponent here, but um, I don't, maybe not. Depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> but um, Brion with the new bottom lane looked like they had at least some life to them, which is something that I haven't been able to say about them all year. It's like literally the first good thing I've said about Brion all season long. And the bottom lane looked really, really good. Like they got first blood in both games, 2v2. Like they jumped out to a lead early. They obviously they couldn't get anything done with it, but you know, they're playing against a team here that's got significantly worse macro in Nongshim. And I think like anytime you get these dumpster fire tier teams against each other, Unless there's a very clear difference, like one is better than the other, I think you kind of just take the plus money and treat it like a close your eyes or hold your nose special, right? Like just don't over, like just don't think too much about it. I found a plus one fifty nine at Nitrogen on Brion that I played, so I played Brion money line plus one fifty nine for one unit. The minus one point five maps at plus three sixty for a quarter unit. Uh, I also played the map one and map two kill total overs again, going back to kill total overs in the, overs in the LCK, even though I got roasted on this on Friday. Uh, we're going to be playing over 23 and a half at plus 123 on maps one and two for one unit each. I just think this this game feels like it's a throw back and forth kind of game to me. Neither of these teams have very good macro. Nongshim are actually a little bit scrappy, and the way Brion looked in their last match, they look like they're way more willing to take risks and punch early in the game, especially if they're going to run the same bottom lane back. Um, it looks like they've got a bit of a 
sense of life to them. So I, I'm actually going to take the overs. Obviously, this is like a correlate, sort of like a correlated par- parlay kind of look um, with the underdog and the kill total overs. As we know, we've discussed that quite a bit. But yeah, that's the place for the LCK. Moving on to the LPL, we have Ninjas in Pajamas, minus 929. The minus 1.5 maps is at minus 202 against Ultra Prime, plus 607 on the money line, plus 1.5 at plus 164, minus 1.5 at plus 1331. Uh, notably for this match, Doggo is uh, back in for Ultra Prime. And otherwise, there's not really any changes. We have Shanjiaki, Rookie, Fotek, and Zhuo, Decade Hacker, Yuekai, Doggo, and Zhuo for Ultra Prime. Models made this closer than the market price, but again, this is like a good team versus a dog shit team. Uh, you know, Ultra Prime picked my pocket a little bit before the break on that last match, but this is just a class difference here. And, you know, qualitatively, I think it's probably they should be a bigger favorite than like they, the market price, I think, is closer to accurate than my model projection on this is. That said, what I just mentioned before going into the LCK slate was when you have a region coming off of buys, you really, really don't want to be laying huge chalk on favorites if you can help it because you don't know if they're going to come off a little bit rusty. Maybe they didn't get a lot of practice in over the break and they were all just like home with family and stuff. Every team treats this stuff differently and we just like don't have the intel on it. I would think I mean Ninjas and Pajamas should absolutely shit stomp this match. They're just a better team. Like they're they're one of the, I think they're eventually going to be one of the top five teams in the LPL if they're not already. And I think Ultra Prime are one of the worst. So like this is like a don't overthink it kind of spot. But I'm also not gonna lay the big price coming off of a break. I wanna see how uh, ninjas look first. That said, I am gonna play the over twenty five and a half kills on maps one and two at plus one eighteen for one unit each. Um, you know, the models like neutral overs quite a bit in this spot, like Towers, Dragons, Barons, all of them. Uh, Ninjas and Pajamas kind of do like the complete map run when they win games. But I kind of like the angle of like playing extra fights in this one if, if Ninjas are a little bit, you know, they've shown some moments of being a little bit off. Like they get a little overzealous or ahead of themselves. And I think there's a good chance that you know, especially coming off a break, that that happens again. Um, we really only need to get one of these home, preferably both. Ultra Prime kind of are one of those teams that throw themselves sometimes in losses. Not always. If they get run over, they get run over. But, yeah, I, I feel so chalky today just playing all these kill total overs. But I I have a feeling on this new patch, because uh, the LPL will be playing on a new patch today, I just have a feeling that it's going to get chippier. We didn't get to see the LPL on the melee supports uh, of the patch with all the melee supports being played like we're seeing in the LCK and the other regions around the world. I think the LPL probably gets back a little bit to to their roots here. And um, Ninjas have just been an over team anyway. I think they've gone over in like eight of their nine games as favorites or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, played Kilto overs here. Next up, we have Anyone's Legend, plus 103 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 294, minus 1.5 at plus 282, versus OMG, minus 125 on the money line, minus 1.5 at, uh, or wait, minus 125 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 232, plus 1.5 at minus 368. Sorry about that. Um, so the models actually made Anyone's Legend small favorites here. I think it's weird. OMG have kind of overachieved my expectations of them, but I had very, very low expectations of them going into this season. I still don't think this team is very, very good. Um, bottom lane, they've been getting good play out of the bottom lane, which is helping quite a bit. 
but um, just not a fan of this team in general. And we have better performance metrics from anyone's legend, more or less across the board. And anyone's legends also have side choice for this series, so they're going to have choice on maps one and five. Uh, which makes me like a money line position on them quite a bit. So I played Anyone's Legend money line plus 103. No derivative plays for me in this one. Um, OMG have been just like a dead nut under team. So like that's kind of interesting. But I have a feeling, again, that we're going to see kind of a different look from the LPL coming out of the break here. Back to uh, what most people tend to expect. Last match on the Eastern slate for tomorrow is Thunder Talk Gaming, minus 213 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 142, plus 1.5 at minus 625, versus Rare Adam, plus 161 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 182, minus 1.5 at plus 397. So Thunder Talk have looked really, really shaky. They've had a couple really, really good games. Their underlying metrics are kind of suggesting that they'll have a better record than they currently have, but this is a team that I... It's it's weird. Their bottom lane has looked a lot better than I thought, but they've just had these weird donk off games. But they were also competitive against good teams. I I think TT are probably better than my model rating of them right now. But they're they're kind of I don't know. They're they're like I don't really know what to think of them. They've just been their sample's been so inconsistent that I'm having a tough time kind of grasping what's going on. And then you watch them, and some games they look great, and other games they look like like god awful. Not just like. Not, like, a little bit bad, but, like, really, really bad. So, um, no lineup changes here. It's uh, Hoya Beishwan, Yukel, 1XN, Chocho, Xiao, uh, and then uh, Xiaoshu, Nayu, Viklo, Asim, and Zora. Forgot to mention the lineups for the last match. Uh, there's no change-ups for anyone's legend in OMG, so you can get the lineups on Twitter or the Patreon, where I post them. Uh, model made this pretty much dead on market. Uh, so I, you know, I, I didn't, that automatically makes me think pass unless I have a reason otherwise. Um, Thunder Talk are going to have side choice for this match, which gives them a bump on the money line price. I, I don't know. This, this feels like, um, I can't remember. It, I think the deep guy, uh, deep dive podcast guys have a way they, they call it the shower fart game of the week. This is like the shower fart game of the weekend. Uh, like just maybe like get some sleep. Touch some grass. Go spend some time with the family. Do whatever you got to do. Like this game's not going to be worth watching. Rare Adam have been the worst team. They haven't picked up a game win yet. They look like dog shit. They have. They've had one game where they look like they have a pulse this entire season, and otherwise they've just been awful. Our underlying metrics suggest that they are awful. There is no. This isn't a situation where they just haven't been picking up the wins, but they should be. They, they've just been terrible. Like, they're a downright awful team, and they're getting steamrolled. They look a lot like Brion did before the break, where they just don't seem interested in trying things, and they just get steamrolled every game. Now, for how shaky Thunder Talk have been, plus the break, like, if there's going to be a time to buy Rare Atom, I think this is probably the best time to do it. Like... You're not getting as good a price as you would have thought. Like, I gotta, I'll be honest with you. Like, when I first looked at this price, my instinct was like, oh my God, bet rare Adam. No question. Like, off the break like this, this was, this is dumb. TT shouldn't be laying this much off a break. But rare Adam are actually that bad. I had to kind of like take a step back and remind myself of that. I'm not going to lay the shot with Thunder Talk here, but, I, you know, I have no appetite to back Rare Adam right now. I'm not I'm not going to overpay for a Thunder Talk team that I just have no faith in about certain things. But, yeah, I don't know. This is an ugly one. TT probably win this 2-0, and I'm feeling like an idiot tomorrow, but we'll see. Uh, I didn't play any derivatives in this one. 
but um, the model loves kill total unders mostly because Rare Adam just been getting steamrolled in every game they play, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. I have a feeling the LPL is going to be more of an overleague moving forward, but we'll see. I don't know, I could be wrong about that. Next up, we have the LEC Winter Grand Finals between G2 Esports and Mad Lions. Um, there has been a lot of movement in the market on this ever since the odds got posted. Um, the opener was a ridiculous price. It was G2 were almost like, they were almost minus 1,200. I took some Mad Lions at 7-1 to one on the money line in that. I think I got like almost plus 250 on the 1.5 maps and like I think it was like minus 150 on the for Mad Lions to take a game. Little, I guess, behind the curtain kind of thing here. All of my tracking, like my PNL sheet and everything, all my picks and everything, I will not. I I only use for tracking purposes stuff that I post via the Patreon, my Twitter, or on this podcast. I will not ever say, "Oh man, well I got a good number on this, and I'm using that for my tracking." I'm not trying to, to, you know angle shoot on this stuff i i try to be forthright and as honest with everybody as i can be so i mean i'll tell you outright like i got a much better price on mad lines here but that doesn't help you so i'm not going to bother talking about it <laughs> the the point i'm trying to make is that there's been a ton of movement on this match already um somebody came in huge along with me on mad lines at those prices knocked it down to like minus it was like I think at the Patreon time I wrote on the Patreon article it was minus five ninety four. It's currently back up again. Um, we're looking. I'm just gonna pull Pinnacle up right now. There's just been a lot of movement on this. G two are back up to minus seven forty two. So uh, I need spoiler alert. I guess uh, I took some Mad Lines to take. I think Mad Lines are gonna get a map or two in this one. So I played Mad Lines plus two point five maps at my, uh, minus one ninety five for one unit. Lines plus one and a half maps at uh, plus 191 for 0.2 units and Madlines money line plus 507 for 0.1 units. The idea here is like, I, I have a feeling like the price is just right. Like Madlines are a good team. I, G2 are way more experienced. They're versatile. I have a feeling they'll be able to problem solve their way through this. And G2 are also kind of rounding into form right now, which is bad news for the Mad Lions. You could also look at the Mad Lions almost losing this series to a sub today as a very bad thing. But this this Mad Lions team is legit. They're good. They're a real team. I think it's possible that they win this series. I don't think it's likely. Uh, G2, uh, but I do think it's very likely that they get a game or two and make this interesting. Like I don't think this is just going to be a G2 3-0 stomp. I really don't. I think it could be like a competitive 3-1 or a competitive 3-2. And um, Mad Lions are good. Like, I think don't let the bad taste of like losing – the spreads and bets we made today influence how you're going to play tomorrow. Uh, I just think like Mad are good. They're they're red hot right now. They're feeling themselves. Um, they've been playing all weekend. Now that's maybe a thing. They've played you know back to back best of fives. You could see like a fatigue angle playing in here. And G two have gotten to kind of just sit on the sidelines and rest and watch all of this. So you would think like G two are going to have them downloaded. But even if you like make adjustments for G 2s experience and versatility. And the fact that they've had to, they've gotten to watch ten games from Mad Lions this weekend. Even if you factor all of that stuff in, and make like heavy, heavy qualitative adjustments in favor of G two in this spot, I can't get it past like I can't get to this number. Like the model, just on the data alone, the model made G two minus two hundred. If I make if I add ten percent to G two, it doesn't get to anywhere near the price that we're seeing in the market right now. The market implied price at the moment. 
Uh, one second, I'm going to pull out. The market implied price for this series at the moment. Well, I'll, I'll just go with the minus 594 price. It's actually higher now. Market implied price on this is like above 80%. And if it was 66 and you add 10 to it, you had 75. This should be like minus 300, minus 350 maybe. And it's like minus 600 or 700 now. I just like, even if you add like a 10% adjustment to G2 for like the the rest and film advantage, getting to watch 10 games, having better prep, um, Mad coming in blind a little bit. I think some of it gets balanced out a little bit by the fact that Mad have been playing. Sometimes in esports, the fatigue thing doesn't play as big a role as it does in real sports, all like back-to-backs and stuff. But the like sometimes you some teams get an edge from having played and the other team comes in rusty or cold after not having played on stage for a week. I think G2 are experienced enough that that's not going to be the case here. But the, the point I'm trying to make is like even if you make a heavy, heavy qualitative adjustment to this, there's just no way I can get to this price. So I think you just have to take Mad Lions. I, I think Mad Lions to take a map is the is the best play here. Um, I also, you know, the kill totals are set really, really high for this. The first time these two played, it was like 15, 14, I think. And, you know, the kill totals are set at like 28 and a half, 29 and a half, depending on where you look at the juice. I think there's a, a case to be made for like overs, but I would actually lean heavily to the unders. Um, Medlines have, they were explosive as a team all season, but in the playoffs, they've been a little more reserved, a little more willing to start games slow and scale. And G2 have just kind of been, um, G2 have been weird. They, they have these games where it's super explosive, but most of their games have been far below. Like they've been like two thirds of their games basically have been way under these totals. And then thing is like in that one third, they usually go to like the high thirties or 40, so there's like this perception that they're like a bloody team, but in like two like most of their games, it's it's more reserved and controlled. So I I think the unders are probably a decent look. I haven't played anything yet, but I'm leaning toward playing unders. If I do, I'll I'll be adding it via the Patreon. Something I did play in this though is I'm gonna play maps one, two, and three all over 1.5 barons at plus 147 for one unit each. I think we can get two of these home. I feel pretty good about getting two of them home. I think these games are going to be more competitive than they think. I think the games are going to be probably a little bit slower than what we've been used to seeing. Like I mentioned, Mad Lions have been a little bit slower in the playoffs. Um, like Coming into that Fnatic match, I really thought they were going to try to go underneath, but they seem completely content to play the macro game and out-macro people, and they're very confident in that. I don't think that's a good game plan against G2, who have immaculate macro, but... I didn't think it was a good plan against Fnatic either, so I have a feeling they might just take what's given to them and try to do that. And um, I just think these are going to be longer games, and I think they're going to be more competitive than I think the market seems to think. So those are the plays for this one. I will be back tomorrow. We have a uh, an LPL slate since the LPL is back on Monday, and I'll have a Monday podcast for you, and I will see you all then. Good luck tomorrow.